to the podcast. This is Tom Smith. In today's message, we're continuing with our series, Believe God. And the title of today's message is Believe God. (laughs) This series is going to go on for several weeks because it's such a vast subject. I want to make sure you get everything out of it that you can. If you miss some episodes or want to listen again, You can find the podcast links on my website, tomsmith.us, or go to YouTube and type Tom Smith Ministries. Our ministry will come up near the top. You could also search for the 316 podcast. That's the numbers 316. And it should come up under um, Apple Podcasts or other platforms. So there you go. I hope you enjoy and, you know, really get something out of this series. It's an awesome series, something that I think is going to be one of the the major um, foundations of our ministry. Believe God, teaching you how to believe God. Trust the Lord for your miracle. So you don't have to wonder about your prayers being answered or not. They will be answered when you learn how to believe God and you do it. You put action to your faith and you believe God. So anyway, last week I covered worship with the subtitle, First Things First. Because worshiping the Lord needs to be the first priority of every believer. If you're not worshiping the Lord on a personal basis, you need to. Praying to receive a miracle or healing, it's all fine and good, but our first priority needs to be worshiping the Lord, or what I would also call falling in love with Jesus. (laughs) We need to fall in love with Jesus every day. He is the vine. We are the branches. We need to stay hooked up to that vine, hooked up to Jesus all the time. Or what happens when branches cut off from the tree? How long is that going to last? Not too long. So fall in love with Jesus every day. But yeah, so today's message, believe God. And I came up with that title because every time that you see it, I want you to think of that. Okay, believe God. I'm going to do that. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to put my full faith and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does it mean, believe God, or I'm believing God, or how to believe God? It means a lot of different things to different people. And so that's what I'm going to explain now a little bit and that's what we're teaching i'm teaching you how to believe god because a lot of people say they're believing god and they are not believing god and they're not going to receive their miracle they're not going to receive their healing i'm going to teach you how to receive your miracle how to receive your healing or whatever else it is that you need that you want or that something that god puts a desire on your heart for your plans for your ministry god wants to bless you and your ministry because he wants you to fulfill his plan on this earth. It's hard to fulfill 
God's plan for your life. When you're sick in bed at home, no, he wants you to be out working for him, serving him. So believing God means basically staying in faith to receive what you've prayed for until the answer comes. You don't give up. You don't quit. Believing God might mean for you also just when the answer takes longer than you would like, you just still keep believing and trusting the Lord. I mean, Abraham, it was years and years and years, and he didn't give up. Believing God also means receiving exactly what you want from the Lord, ignoring all the naysayers and people say, well, maybe it's not God's will or maybe this just isn't the right time or this isn't the right thing. No. Believing God means you stick with it and you don't give up once you know the word of the Lord. And we can find the will of God, the perfect will of God, by reading his word because the word of God is the will of God. Amen. So if you listen to this entire series over and over several times, I guarantee you're going to receive God's best blessings, healing, whatever it is that your heart's desire. If you stick with it and don't give up. There are many reasons people don't receive. We're going to go over those in a later teaching. You know, the Bible says the curse causeless does not come. And in James chapter one, it says God will give you wisdom in every situation so i don't want you to settle for this idea that sometimes we don't know why god didn't answer or maybe this didn't happen because of this reason and that reason no we can always know the reason always 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 that's what james chapter one says god will give you the wisdom he will teach you everything you need to know and like i said earlier the curse causeless does not come that means there is always a spiritual reason for everything that happens in your life, good or bad. There's always a spiritual reason. Something happened in the spirit world that worked against you. And you can ask the Lord and he will show you what it was so you can make some changes. So you can receive your miracle. If you don't, what happens is, you might receive a miracle today because of prayer and things and the grace of God, his mercy. He's always merciful and loving and faithful. And five or ten years later, though, guess what's going to happen? That same sickness is going to come back on you again. And I've seen it. I've seen it in my ministry. I prayed for someone. They were healed five years. No doctor visits, no bills, no, um, no pills, <laughs> no medication. And then after five years, well, came back again. Why? First off, they didn't stick with my ministry and keep listening to good teaching on healing. So you got to keep your spirit revved up and fed with the word of God and, and good teaching and preaching. That's one one thing you got to do. But yeah, also the other thing is the way they received their miracle was based on my faith, not their own faith. So that's, again, why I'm teaching this series because this series about believing God is teaching you how to believe God for yourself. You don't have to go to some special minister you saw on TV and, oh, well, they prayed for this person. I know they got healed, so I'll go get them to pray for me. Well, that's why I'm doing this teaching series. So you don't have to go find some special anointed minister. 
you can learn how to believe God for yourself, and he'll give you the miracle yourself. Amen? Yeah. Because those TV preachers or famous ministers, they're limited. They're only one person. How many people can they lay hands on? You can't lay hands on a million people every year. I mean, that's just ridiculous. No. You learn how to believe God for yourself, and then you can go start praying for people and laying hands on them, and they can receive their healing. Amen? You can have your own healing ministry or miracle ministry, whatever it is. So we see in Matthew, Matthew recorded Jesus. He said, all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive, or ye shall receive. But what's the key word there? Believing. Believing means not giving up, not changing your mind, sticking with it, believing. Again, we're going over what is believing. We're going to keep going over that today. Mark tells the story of a man who wants healing for his son. And Jesus says, all things are possible to him that believeth. That was Mark 9, 23. All things are possible. Not some things. Jesus makes no hesitation. No qualifications, you would say, or hesitancy about that statement. All things. Well, maybe sometimes God doesn't want to do it. Well, I read a scripture about somebody that said this and that and the other thing. Well, that's your problem. You're listening to too many people. You're not reading the word of God. You're not reading the whole counsel of God. You can't just take one scripture and run with it. You've got to take all the verses together and figure out what the truth is. Don't question Jesus' words. What did he say? He said, all things are possible to him or her that believeth all things. Not some things, not sometimes it's not God's will. No, it doesn't say that. All things are possible to him that believeth. Someone might say, well, don't you think certain things are it's just too hard for God? Too hard. <laughs> well, when you look carefully at this verse, what does it say? It's based on the miracle or the blessing is based on him that believeth or her that believeth. It doesn't say it's based on God. Him that believeth. Of course, we trust the Lord that by the power of the Holy Spirit, it will come to pass, whatever it is, the answer. But Jesus said it, all things, based on the person, him or her, that believeth. If you look carefully earlier in that chapter, you'll see that the man was kind of pointing to Jesus and saying, well, Jesus, if you can do anything. And Jesus immediately puts it back on the man and says, no, it's not about me doing anything, it's all things are possible to you that believe. If you can believe it, you can have it. The John 15, 7, says, Jesus said this. He said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And whenever we study prayer, there's always kind of like an if-then statement. If you do this, and I would say that's kind of a qualification. You've got to qualify Right. You can't just pray any way you want to pray. Remember the Syrophoenician woman we looked at last week? 
Yeah, she came to Jesus begging to, for her daughter to be healed, and nothing happened. The scripture says, Jesus said, he didn't answer her a word. The Bible says that. The disciples wanted to send her away. Jesus will never send you away, I promise you that. But it didn't, he didn't answer her. Well, then she changed her approach, and she worshiped Jesus. Jesus, you're my master. I love you. I worship you. Then she received deliverance for her daughter. You know, that story is in Matthew 15 and Mark 7, so if you want to go check that out. But, yeah, so what is the if-then statement? I, I keep going over that. I keep thinking about that. That's what you learned back. I learned that back many years ago really when I was like in junior high or high school about computers, you know, computers, if this, then this, if this, then this. And that's the way the Bible works in a lot of ways. And prayer. Here it is, John 15, 7. Number one, you've got it. It says, if ye abide in me. And number two, my words abide in you. So you've got to have both of those things going on for this verse of Scripture to work for your prayer. Abide, abide. I mentioned earlier, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Abide means you live. You live. You're there all the time. You stay in close fellowship with the Lord on a regular basis. Daily basis would be best. It's not just going to church once or twice a week, but that is part of it, definitely. Definitely good in part. But this is a daily thing. Just like you abide in a house, you sleep in your house every night. You go there to eat meals. Same thing here. You abide in Christ. You spend time with him every day. Abide in his word every day. His words abide in you. They live inside of you. The word of God lives inside of you. Can you say that? Is there any scripture that you know that if this is like beyond memorization? It is. You eventually memorize, and I'm say, not saying you have to try to memorize because these things just happen over time, but meditate the Word of God means you speak it, you read it out loud to yourself. So, but you start doing that, the b Word of God will start abiding in you. Again, you sleep in your house every day. So you read the Bible verses that apply to the miracle or whatever it is that you're believing God for, trusting the Lord for. Read those verses out loud to yourself. Several places in the Old Testament it says to meditate the Word of God day and night. If you want to do it once a day, I think that's okay, but not great. The Bible says day and night, so I would say try to do it twice. If you can, it's really about how much time you've got and things. And I understand people have got work to do in their lives, and it's not all about trusting the Lord and having faith, but you want faith to be part of your life. So you want to meditate the word of God. And that word meditate, by the way, it's nothing um, out of the ordinary. It's just speaking the word of God out loud to yourself. That's all that that means. And really, I would say you've only got to read that verse once. You read it once in the morning and it goes in your spirit. Then you read it again that night. Here's I'll give you an example. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You just say that in the morning. Then at night. Same thing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think it's best, really, if you are looking at it with your eyes at the same time you're saying it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, so it's good to hear it. It's good to speak it all day long as much as you can. 
but I would say at least once uh, during the day, try to look at read it as well. We want to, you know, attack, attack the enemy, or I'd say feed your spirit every way you can. Amen. So your eyes is another avenue that the word gets into your spirit. You want that word to abide in you. So you find verses, scripture verses that pertain to your case, your situation. Read those out loud to yourself. And there you go. Now you are what we call meditating the word of God day and night. And you want to say that before you pray or even as you pray. But your prayers need to be based on the word of God. God's word is his will. I'm telling you, there's a lot to believe in God. But once you get the hang of it, it's easy to receive. It's just hanging in there. Love is patient. That's the first descriptive word of love, patience. Abraham, years and years and years, but he stuck with it. So we just looked at three verses about believing God. Matthew was, believing ye shall receive. By the way, that's the verse that I used when I wrote the lyrics for the song that I use in the intro for the podcast. So all things are possible to us. And Mark wrote that. Mark wrote, all things are possible. Remember, we went over that. John said what? He said, it shall be done unto you. When you qualify for those two things, the if-then statement, if you abide in Christ and if his words abide you, then it shall be done unto you. And throughout the Bible, starting with Genesis, really, you're going to find these if-then statements. God says, if you do this, then this will happen. The blessings and the curses in Deuteronomy 28. It's the same type of deal. So the scriptures, by the way, we just looked at in Matthew, Mark, and John, they're all quotes of Jesus. And you could read the context of them, go back and read it, and you'll find out that Jesus makes no bones about it, no hesitations at all, not sometimes prayer works, sometimes it doesn't, we just don't know. No, we can always know. And Jesus never said any of that kind of stuff. The people who say those things are deceived. And just because they didn't receive an answer to prayer doesn't mean you can't receive an answer to prayer. I receive answers to prayer all the time. In fact, like I mentioned last week, once you start worshiping the Lord on a daily basis, you're going to find out there's a lot of things you don't even have to pray for because they just start happening. It's the goodness and mercy of God when you follow his plan. Every person under the sound of my voice can receive every miracle and blessing and healing that's promised to them in the Bible if, if they simply listen to this series, this teaching series on believing God and follow the instructions. That's it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He wants us to trust him at his word. That means when he says it, you believe it. When he says all things are possible, we need to believe all things are possible. When I was in second grade, going into third grade, I wanted to go to a Christian school. But I was about number 35 on the wait list. My brother was in the kindergarten, and the most of the kids there at the school 
that start out in kindergarten, and they just keep you going on after that. So, but with more than 30 students ahead of me, I decided I'm going to pray and believe God. Second grade, seven years old. I don't remember exactly what scriptures we used. But I prayed with my mother that I would get into the Christian school. Probably use a scripture like, God gives you the desires of your heart, something along those lines. But I remember this specifically. I wrote down on a note card, Thank you, Jesus, for getting me into the Christian school. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me into the Christian school. We put that on a note card on the refrigerator. And every time I would see it, I would put my hand on it. Of course, I actually said the name of the school. But thank you, Jesus, for getting me into the Christian school. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me into the Christian school. And the reason I say you want to say the name because you want to be specific. Throughout the word of God, many times we see Jesus ask a blind man, what do you want? Of course, he wants to be healed of his eyes, but Jesus still asked him, you got to be specific. So over that summer, I probably said it hundreds of times. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me into the Christian school. Not to digress, but how did Abraham believe God? Romans 4.20 says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's it. Believing God is not complicated. Strong in faith, giving glory to God is that easy. Thank the Lord in advance. Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And that's all I was doing as a second grader. I was giving glory to God for answering my prayer before I saw the answer. Notice what I wrote. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me into. I use the present tense. Whenever you thank God for something, thank the Lord for something, use the present tense or even the past tense. If you uh, haven't seen it, it doesn't matter. He's already provided the answer the moment you prayed. So that's what you believe and that's what you speak. That's why you don't use future tense. You don't say, I hope God will do it someday. Someday in the future, God will get me into the Christian school. No. No, we don't. We do have hope. Okay, but we don't say that we hope that something's going to happen in the future. No, the moment you prayed, you believe that it's done. So you use present tense or past tense. And I used the present tense. I said, thank you, Jesus, for getting me into the Christian school. If you said, I hope... Someday God will get me into the Christian school in the future. That's not faith. That is not faith. That is hope. You're putting it off to the future. Hope is good, but you want to have faith. Faith uses present tense and past tense all the time. Because it was settled the moment you prayed. That's it. And then we thank God like Abraham did. We believe God. Amen. When you act like Abraham, what does Romans say? Then it says you're strong in faith. Something else I'd like to point out was I wrote my Thanksgiving on a note card and put it on the refrigerator. 
I did this as a reminder. If you don't remind yourself, you might forget or get lazy in your believing. And you want to be strong in faith. Thank the Lord every day. So I did that every day for at least two or three months. And then school's about to start and nothing happened. I broke my collarbone, so I missed the first week or two of the public school. But I kept putting my hand on the refrigerator on that note card, thanking the Lord for getting me into the Christian school. I didn't give up. You can't give up. Even if the situation doesn't look so good, don't quit, don't give up. So I started going to the public school, attending. I remember the first day of class, I went there and two boys were fighting. <laughs> All the kids staying around watching. You know, it's hard not to give up. But I attended that public school. I had been going to public school, by the way. I went to kindergarten, first and second grade. So now I'm just entering third grade, but I decided I wanted to attend the Christian school. So like my brother, my brother was there. You know, if God does a miracle for one person, he will do it for another person. He shows no favoritism at all whatsoever. Doesn't matter what country you live in. He will work miracles in every country. Blessings, prosperity, healing, good relationships. So I was doing this. And while I was doing this about the second, third week of the public school, the Lord gave my mom a dream or a prophecy, something that he wanted her to share with one of the pastors there. Now, we did not attend the church that had the school, but my mom made an appointment with one of the pastors that ran the of the church that ran the school. And after sharing what the Lord showed her, he asked her if she had any children at the school. And she said she had one in the kindergarten. And the other one would really like to, to go there, too, to be here at the school. But he's on the wait list. And the pastor really liked the prophecy from my mother. And he said, I'll see what I can do about getting the other son into the school. Well, <laughs> within a week or two, I was able to attend the Christian school. Hallelujah. I think I only attended the public school that year for maybe about three weeks. Because remember, I had a broken collarbone. So in all, I missed maybe five or six weeks of school. And now I was at the Christian school where I wanted to be. Praise the Lord. God is so good to his children. Amen. He will give you the desires of your heart when you have faith, when you trust him. Why did this happen? Was it by chance? I heard a story of a church that went out to pray. They're farmers that went out to pray. They're going to pray for rain because there wasn't much rain. And one little girl brought her umbrella. Hey, if you're going to pray for rain, bring your umbrella, right? That's faith. Show God that you believe that he's going to answer your prayer. Going to, I said going to future, right? 
But once you pray, now what? After you pray, it's not going to. It's did answer. Thank you, Jesus. You did answer my prayer. Are we going to say, well, God works in mysterious ways? No, not God works in mysterious ways. We know exactly how he works. He works according to his word, the word of God. When you read and you believe, the Bible says all things. You just say, okay, I believe all things. The Bible tells us exactly why I got into the Christian school. I used my faith. I thank the Lord for something over and over and over and over and over and over and over again for several months. There's no mystery about that. I did exactly what Abraham did. Only Abraham was giving to God for giving glory to God for several years before he received his miracle, his son Isaac being born. And I only had to believe God for a few months. Of course, I was only seven years old and Abraham was 90, something along those lines. But once you get in the groove of believing God by faith, most of us should receive within about a year, maybe a few months, if we don't give up. Most things are not going to take more than about a year, depending on what kind of miracle you're looking for. So Abraham was believing God for a child. It took many years. But all during that time, God was teaching him. And that's why you stay in faith, because as you stay in faith, God will teach you. He'll show you things. He'll reveal to you things, and you'll learn. You'll learn how to sharpen your, your faith so it works more perfectly. But everyone can believe God just like I did or just like Abraham and receive their miracle. There is nothing too hard for God, even if you're number 35 on a wait list. The Holy Spirit and the angels can work things out. So you move right to the head of the line. Amen. But you can't waver in your faith, though. James says, if you waver in your faith, let not that man receive anything from God. What if I started saying, well, I'm in third grade now. School's already started. I'm at the public school now. Must not be God's will. Maybe it's not God's will. Maybe he wants me in the public school. Maybe he doesn't want me to go to the Christian school. No, you can't think like that. You don't look at the situations. Don't look at the circumstances. Well, God's ways are higher than our ways. Maybe he wants me at the public school. No, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. If I started saying those things and believing those things, I would have never gotten into the Christian school. I had to stick with the plan. Don't give up. Stick with the plan. That's why you make a note card. Write the vision and make it plain. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. What they do? Stick to the plan. You don't do bow down to idols. And even though they're going to be thrown in the fire, they didn't care. You stick to the plan. You stick to God's word. They did not look at the situation. They didn't consider it makes no difference what's going on in the world around you when it comes to your faith. So they were thrown in the fire, and what happened? Jesus showed up as the fourth man walking with them around in the fire. Hallelujah. 
So when I didn't quit, the Holy Spirit gave a prophecy to my mother. And it blessed the pastor. To receive the kingdom of God, it says, we must become like little children with a heart of faith. When God says something, you simply believe it. The only reason many of us don't believe is that we've got too much experience and too much of listening to the world. Now, by the time I had started attending the Christian school, I'm sorry, attending the public school, I had been believing God for several months. So I already had the faith that I was in the Christian school, even though technically I wasn't. My faith said I was. See, my faith was strong by that time. So it's a good thing I started doing this in the summer. So I didn't have time to think about, oh, well, this or that or the other thing about where I am. No. You don't consider the circumstances around you because they'll get you off track. In Mark 4, Jesus said the sower sows the word and immediately Satan tries to steal that word. Later, it says the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things make the word unfruitful. So if you want to have fruit in your life, you have to be constantly feeding on the word of God. So these other things don't sneak in and steal that word. Amen. And what happened to Peter when he walked on water? Did you even know Peter walked on water? Everyone remembers Jesus walking on water. But Peter did too. Although he didn't get very far. He got farther than me though. I've never walked on water. Peter did walk for a little while. So let's look at that right now. Peter walking on water. Where is this? Matthew chapter 14. And let's pick up the story in verse 27. Matthew 14, 27. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. So what happens here, we've got just before this, it says, they were in the ship, they were going across, but there was wind and waves and things, and there, there was a big storm, and they thought they were going to die. And they see Jesus walking on the water, and they didn't know it was Jesus at the moment. But he says, Be of good cheer. He always says, be of good cheer. There was a woman, they were carrying out a coffin with a woman's child in it, her only son. And Jesus went to her and he says, be of good cheer. Don't weep. And he raised up her son. Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. That's the other thing we see over and over throughout the Bible. When the angel shows up or when Jesus shows up, be not afraid. See, fear and faith are opposites. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Jesus didn't have a choice then. Peter didn't let him have a choice. Peter, So Jesus had to say, come. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Hallelujah. So we can all walk on water just like Peter. Amen. If the need arises, why not? But you got to have faith like Peter had. 
Verse 30, this is where I want to get, you know, regarding our story here, what I've been teaching today and believing God. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. What happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus. He started looking at the wind and the waves. You don't consider the outside circumstances. I could not consider that, hey, I'm sitting in this chair in the public school. It must not be God's will. No, you don't think like that. You don't consider the outside circumstances. Jesus here was right there. And Peter starts looking at the wind and the waves. And Jesus is standing right there. He has nothing to be afraid of. But he started to become afraid. And he began to sink. How many times have you stepped into a pool and you begin to sink? Never. You sink like a rock. Are you kidding? <laughs> Beginning to sink. That's what it says here. And then he cried out, Lord, save me. So you don't look at the outside circumstances. Peter looked at the wind and the waves and the storm. And then fear came. That's again that story of the sower sows the word. The cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches. The enemy comes to steal the word. Jesus told Peter, come. That's all Peter had to do was come. Okay, Jesus, I'll listen to you. I'm going to follow you. But no, he started looking at the wind and the waves. In verse 31, though, it says, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Jesus will always be with you when you step out in faith. He will always be there, right there, immediately, it says. Jesus stretched forth his hand. He didn't hesitate. And he caught him and he said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So Peter had little faith, he said. Or at least he had some faith. Come on, he walked on water. That's awesome. It, he didn't say, by the way, Jesus did not say here, Peter, you had no faith. Other places in the scripture, he does say that. Oh, you, you know, you don't have any faith. But here he says, Peter, you had a little faith. So faith can be measured. And we can look at that throughout the scripture, especially the gospels. There's different measures of faith. And God has given every person a measure of faith. Every person on the planet has a measure of faith. And the question is, what are you doing with the faith that God gave you? But when you were born, you had faith. Of course, the world tries to put you down, tries to steal it away from you, take it away. The adults, <laughs> you know, you got to have faith like a child, it says. Verse 32, and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. So, yeah, so Peter... He walked on the water for a little bit, not very long, but he did it. He did. He walked on the water more than I have. Amen. So remember that, though. You don't want to look at the outside circumstances. And write the vision and make it plain. That's what I want you to learn from today's message. Write it down. Write down the scriptures that you're 
believing God for. Write down those scriptures. Write down what it is. You put on the on a note card. That's the best thing. Put on the note card and put it in the mirror in your bathroom or your dresser or closet maybe. You can put it on the refrigerator. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision and make it plain. So if you're believing God for something, no matter what kind of miracle it is, going to Christian school, healing, some kind of miracle, whatever you want, your desires, God gives you the desires of your heart, and you're following his plan. But write it down so you don't forget. It will remind you, remind you to stay in faith. Even two months later, you might see it and say, oh, yeah, I was believing God for that thing. Let me get back to that. You know, and then you say it over and over. It'll remind you to repeat it. You've got to, you know, your mind is kind of stubborn. It doesn't want to believe things. Your, your spirit does. Your spirit is alive to God when you're born again. But your mind and your flesh, they kind of rebel against the spirit. So you've got to blast your mind. Hundreds of times I said it that summer. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me into the Christian school. Past tense. Amen. Another scripture says, by the way, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So you've got to have the vision. You've got to stick with a plan. Write it down. Don't forget. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So if you're in the hospital and you don't want to perish, don't watch TV. Write down the vision. you got to stick with a plan. Write down your Thanksgiving on a note card. Thank the Lord for it all day and all night. Have your spouse do the same thing or a friend or whoever. Whoever is praying with you, write it down. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And you want to live. You want to live and serve the Lord. Amen? That's a scripture we like to say. I will live and not die, but declare the works of the Lord. Amen. But yeah, so you write it down. You make it plain. You read it over and over, and you thank the Lord over and over just like Abraham did for years and years and years. Don't lose your vision. Don't give up. And if you don't give up, if you don't quit, but you continue to do everything that I'm teaching in all these lessons in this series, the Believe God series, you will receive your miracle. You will receive your healing. Not you might receive. You will receive. You will you might say, well, I don't know how I'm going to receive her. I don't know when and things like that. And that's part of the deal. You don't consider how or when. It doesn't matter. Let God figure that out. Remember when Jesus was going to be born, Mary asked, well, how can this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered her, right? But she wasn't asking in doubt. Zacharias for his son, John the Baptist, he was asking in doubt because he had a wife. The angel said, your wife's going to conceive. Well, how can that happen? Everybody knows how that happens. You don't know how people have children. Well, you need to go back to school. No, ask your parents, whatever. 
right? God makes babies when a husband and wife come together. And that's what it is. That's the how. Don't question. Don't wonder how. Don't wonder when. Well, when's it going to happen? I could have thought that as a second grader, third grader. I was actually in third grade by that time. You don't consider when. You don't consider how. You don't, And you don't question the if. If God is going to do it. No, it's not if God is going to do it. You know God's going to do it because you have his word. You've prayed, and now you thank the Lord for it. But I'm going to be going over the next several weeks more and more stories of people believing God by faith, and you're going to learn a lot from this series, and I don't want you to miss any of them. You've got to listen to all of them to really understand what it means to believe God by faith so you can receive whatever it is you need. And what's the reason for all this? So we can accomplish God's plan for our life and live victorious lives, happy lives, joyful lives. The disciples were persecuted in the book of Acts, and it says they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So no matter what it looks like on the outside, you can still have joy. But write the vision and make it plain. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. Our website is www.tomsmith.us. You can also contact the ministry by writing to Tom Smith Ministries, P.O. Box 300, Agora Hills, California, 91376. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, we love you, and blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And all things